Welcome to 20 Not Something, the podcast for 20-somethings who haven't quite figured out what their something is yet. Each week, I'll be speaking to a different guest about their experiences of this messy decade to reassure you that everything turns out all right in the end. Because doing something in your 20s can actually mean doing anything that makes you happy. Hello everyone and welcome back to bonus episode two where we'll be talking to the lovely Sarah Loftus about all things health. I just wanted to pop a quick note here before we dive into the chat just to say that this episode does contain some explicit content including references to eating disorders, depression and suicide. So please if you don't feel comfortable or are perhaps ready to engage with content like this at the moment this is just a warning to you that we will be discussing topics of this nature. Um, That being said, I hope that those of you who would like to listen can take away something from the conversation and next week season three will be dropping um, and that's back to our normal format. So get excited for that. Today I'm joined by the lovely Sarah Loftus all the way from sunny Australia. Uh, give me a moment while I try to hide my bitterness. Um, Sarah is a blogger, seemed to be MA student and advocate of all things healthy mind and body. Having been through a lot with her own mental and physical health over the last six years, I'm so thrilled that she could join us here today and give her perspective on what it means to be healthy. So Sarah, welcome to 20 Not Something. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, So on this bonus F, as I said, we're going to be talking all things health, um, the fluctuating states of our emotions in our 20s and how the hell we go about dealing with those, Um, the change in our perception of physical health from teenagers into adulthood and also what the word health actually means. Um, before we get started, just want to say that, you know, Sarah and I are not experts on mental health, nor do we want to preach to anyone about how they can improve theirs. This is purely a conversation about both of our own individual experiences um, of health and our perspective on the global conversation that is happening at the moment. So, Sarah, what does health mean to you? Um, Well, I would probably break it down into three aspects. Um, I'd say mental health, physical health and emotion health. And these three are things that I kind of focus on. And I obviously like think of them all as one big, like my healthy self, but I also think of them all separately. So I can say that like, oh, I'm healthy physically and I'm healthy emotionally, but I might not feel great mentally um, or like vice versa with any of the others. And I'd say mentally for me, that kind of healthy is like all about your mindset and like your thought processing. So for example, when I was struggling with like eating disorders or depression, that would be me like, mentally not healthy um and at the time some of those times I wasn't physically healthy either but sometimes I was physically healthy and mentally I just really wasn't healthy Mm. um and then physically for example I'd say like a broken leg you know that's technically you're not your healthiest self because you've broken your leg and like any other sort of like injury or um setback like that um but mentally you could still be like you could be really positive and you could be really healthy and emotionally like it might not make you sad because you'd be like Mm. oh I'm motivated that kind of thing um and then emotionally sometimes I tell people this and they say doesn't like emotionally and mentally go together and like yeah I guess it does but also I'd say emotionally is more kind of how you're expressing those mental thoughts Mm. so I've had times where like mentally I've been really unwell but emotionally I've kind of processed these thoughts I haven't processed the thoughts well but I've kind of shown them like I've been happy on the outside if that makes sense yeah or like able to talk about them I guess 
yeah 100 in a way like, yeah yeah I can express it but I can't process it if that makes mm. sense and that's kind of one thing I actually realized that is quite easy to do for me anyway I can express things I can talk about things a lot but sometimes I can't express them so I can mm. tell you exactly how I'm feeling if I'm having a bad day and that's taken like a lot of work um like talking about things but it doesn't mean that I can process things yeah yeah for sure I mean I googled it because I was just curious because I think the word health gets thrown around so much these days and it covers such a plethora of like things Um, oh yeah and according to who health is a state of complete physical mental and social well-being so like what you said um And I just thought about it and I was like, fuck, have I actually ever felt a complete state of physical, mental and social well-being? That's that's quite interesting because, yeah, like you say, I think, yeah, for me as well, I don't think I've ever had, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Like my past six months, I'd say in Australia has been like six of the best months of my life, like so Mm. much growth in every way. Um, And I'd say that there has been days when I've literally felt like on top of the world. And Mm. before I'd be hesitant to say that, I'd be like, oh, can I say that? Are people going to be like, oh, look at her, like she's boasting. But I think that's another sign of being really healthy is like, I can just do, do you know what I mean? I can say these Mm. things and I can be proud of myself. Um, But that's quite an intense definition. Mm -hmm. I think that's quite like undermining because some people (laughs) would be like, oh, I'm really healthy. And then they'd read that and be like, I know I know so talking about you then I mean you've been through so much over the last six seven years um do you want to give our listeners just a I mean I don't even know if overview is possible but (laughs) I was gonna say I'll keep it brief but I'm not very good at doing that I'll try my best um yeah basically it all started in it was about 2010 2011 I basically went on a healthy diet which led to anorexia um I didn't know anything about mental health I thought that was just a path for me I just thought that was kind of like my direction um and then that led to depression I dealt with OCD I started having really bad panic attacks um literally anything I was getting dressed one day and I just had this absolute breakdown I ran into the garden I just thought my life was ending and it just I just hit some like really dark places and there was never a point that I can be like that's the day it turned um, or like that caused it. I think it was a buildup of different things like toxic friendships, um, playing sport at like high level and a lot of different sports. Um, my family, like someone once said to me, like my family's really healthy. Everyone's really supportive. My friends are, I've got a lot of friends, you know, I live this privileged lifestyle. Why, like, why have mm. you d- suffered with all this? And I think that's a big thing to remember, especially when we're talking about health is that, it doesn't stop for anyone like it doesn't care who you are it doesn't care what your experiences are it like it just affects everyone and I think that's Mm -hmm. one thing I focused on like when I'm coming to terms with the things that I've been through is like it's not just me and I've tried to tell other people that as well like it's not just Mm -hmm. you and there might not be a reason you know people are always asking me like why did you go through this or why are you feeling bad today and it's like well because sometimes you just are sometimes Mm -hmm. life sucks and that's okay Mm. um but yeah coming out of that I definitely struggled with my mental health for long and then I struggled with my physical health so I decided to kind of 
I was basically with my friends from America who I haven't seen for years um, one night and I just thought, you know, why am I wasting my life not eating food and not trying to get better when I'm missing out on all these good times, like having dinner with them. So that was my turning point for me anyway, to start eating better. And it was a long journey. Like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't just miraculous and suddenly had a great relationship with food that took years but I worked hard at that. But at the mm. same time as working hard on my physical health, I didn't work hard on my mental health. Um, and I struggled with depression, I, like a lot at university um, in my first year, definitely. And then a lot on placement year when mm. I developed binge eating then. So it was still like my food and my depression were very like, that was a rocky relationship. Mm. It was like an unhappy marriage. No. Um, <laughs> Do you think that that they are attributed then? I mean, that may sound like a silly question, but did you ever feel that one caused the other or were they sort of just running parallel? No, I think, good question, actually. Like I, because sometimes I've thought, you know, maybe it is just parallel. And sometimes I've thought, no, they definitely caused the other. And I do think that the eating disorder came first and that led to, because it's a very controlling um, illness, I think that, then affects your mentality and your thought processing and things. And I think mm-hmm. once I lost that control of life, then I started to get depressed because I felt like I just didn't have a hold on anything. Mm. Um, and then I shut my myself away. And then that obviously affects like your social life. Mm-hmm. But then when I started getting better with the physical side of things, um, and so I seen like health professionals and things because I was so dedicated to getting better physically mm. and I always like I love the gym and the, my sport so that was a big thing for me um but my depression I'd say it actually could have got it got worse um when I started getting physically better so then I do wonder I'm like actually was were they then just running parallel to each other you know like did they mm. kind of separate it's quite it's like I say that I can't pinpoint a lot of things um and I think that may have delayed the mental recovery a bit more because I was trying so hard to think why have I had all these issues and once I know why I can then work on them Mm. but sometimes there isn't that clear why and sometimes you just have to work on it regardless of like if you know what happened or not if that makes sense yeah definitely and it's difficult as well I think when people try and compare mental illness especially which is completely separate to mental health um yeah that like a broken leg is not the equivalent to depression it's just not the same thing you can't put those two in a box but one thing I did realize is that particularly when I was struggling with my mental health is that when you get a virus for example you don't feel like that is your fault because oh you just picked up a bug and oh I accept it and now I have to stay in bed and fight it like but I'm gonna get better whereas with mental health I realized that i didn't want to take accountability for the fact that it was I thought that it was my fault that I was thinking these things because it is in in your head and so it makes it so much harder to try and get better because you're sort of in denial about it I mean I certainly was in denial about it for a really long time I wonder if you experienced that as well yeah I think that's a really good point um because people always do try and like they do relate Cause you see like the um not memes like the quotes and things that are like oh mental health and physical health aren't parallel mm. and I know what I said before I said like mental health has three aspects and that's why I think of them separately mm. because they are really different and yeah I think some days I tried to put the blame on so many outward things for my depression you know I was like oh it's a toxic environment at school or it was toxic friendships or it was mm. my eating disorder and I was like therefore this isn't 
my fault kind of thing but then other days were completely different Mm. um and I did I was just like oh this is just me you know the doctors told me I'm depressed and this is a label I'm gonna have to wear Mm. and I do remember thinking quite a few times like I can't even smile and I can't laugh because I'm that depressing friend or I'm that depressed family member Mm. and I used to get really anxious like going back into school because I had time out of school when I was on my eating disorder recovery programs so going back in school you know I was that anorexic girl or I was I like I just was that person and you can't Mm. escape that like I knew that people were thinking that but I also knew that people weren't thinking that but it didn't matter that people weren't thinking it because Mm. the negative thoughts were so much stronger if that makes sense gosh that's so hard it's almost like you said that you're trying to live up to the stereotype almost of like that being who you were that's so sad yeah that's literally it and like I remember because I didn't know what anything was I remember my mum sat me down and she showed me the symptoms of um anorexia and she just said like tell me you don't have all of these things and I was like well I, I don't but that's just my that's just my lifestyle because I didn't actually understand that these were like medical issues I didn't understand all the damage I was doing to my body until I started seeing these specialists Mm. and then when I realized and I kind of looked back like two years later I was like oh my gosh I've done so much damage but I'm just so lucky that I've been one of the I kind of feel like I've been one of the lucky ones who's been able to get their body back to such a healthy place because some people Mm. aren't that lucky like I know people who've died from mental health from eating disorders and from depression and I tell people that and they're like wow that's so shocking and I'm like but it's not it's it's not shocking because they are such common illnesses and they're not taken seriously people can't go to see doctors I was lucky that I got private health care and I will be forever grateful for that mm-hmm. because I know people who weren't that lucky and it's they've not managed to kind of get to the point where I am mm. yeah I mean I can relate to that my first ever experience of going into well group therapy was through the NHS and I think the NHS do a a cracking job on most things but reality is you know they funding has been cut you know they they can't they stretch themselves so thin as it is I didn't find that my experience is particularly helpful at all and I'm not saying that's anyone's fault but it's like everyone's different and yeah I'd say I I don't want to say it I don't want to say this because I don't want to sound like privileged or may Mm. put it on like a pedestal but I'd say it's a luxury Mm. because like you say with therapy I literally saw five therapists it's five different and they all did different styles they all called themselves different things you know like psychologists psychiatrists counselors and because they focus in different kind of like fields Mm. but the last one I found she was the sixth one and she's the one I had the best relationship in fact she's the only one I had a good relationship with Mm. and it's like if people aren't lucky to go through six different types of therapists until they meet the last one it's like they're gonna reach breaking point yeah and the reality is that they could give up yeah and it's hard enough to reach out for help as it is and accept that you need it than to have to go through that which is which is really emotionally draining um why do you think that this is a big question now (laughs) why do you think that mental health issues are so prevalent in people in their 20s especially sort of like early 20s um big question but huge question like so important because that's something that I've after coming kind of out of it I wouldn't say I'm fully out of it like god I have my down days the past few weeks have been like 
I'd say difficult and everyone's like but you're in Australia living your best life I'm like yeah but a setback's a setback again yeah. it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing um so I still do struggle but I'm like when since I'm coming away from like the really dark days I've kind of tried to understand why that is so prevalent and I think a lot of it does come from like I think a lot of it is nature and a lot of it is nurture so in terms of nature you know like socially where you grew up or where you went to school um comparing yourself you know if you meet paths sorry cross paths with someone from a different social class that kind of thing and I think because and again like schools you know it's that kind of age it's the age is the those years where you are developing as a person like as a human in my opinion anyway like you say we're not professionals you know I'm not qualified to on all of this Mm. I'd say it's because it's kind of your years of like becoming mm-hmm. um like when you're an adult you're an adult you know you've got your friends you've got your social circles you've got your family life you've got your job kind of what most most average people are like settled whereas when you're kind of in your 20s or younger you you are so lost like we are all this tiny speck on the earth and no one knows what they're doing like no. I'm not gonna lie you're lucky if you know what you're doing in your yeah. teens and your 20s and I think a lot of it as well is social media. Our parents mm. did not grow up with social media. Oh, like, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of everyone. Yeah. I speak to my brother about this because he's 38. He would hate me for saying that on this. Um, but he, I was speaking to him about social media and over Christmas. And I was like, God, I just wish I didn't have it. I just chucked my phone down. I was like, I don't want to see that. And he was like, then don't look at it. I was like, you don't understand. You weren't, you're not my you don't know what it's like honestly it's so true like I had I think I had 10 days maybe off before it was like back in October maybe Mm. and it was refreshing but Mm. it's first of all it's a shame that we have to like dedicate time off from these apps and it's also quite tragic that we're like Mm. okay I'm gonna limit my screen time or I'm gonna limit my app time like why are these little squares on our phones controlling so much but I I do think that's for me anyway and I know that's probably quite a cliche response like social media and it depends like kind of where you grow up and things but that's just what it is you know everything is so easily accessible like seeing Mm. photos or seeing like diet things that because I got all kind of my before all of this started and I went on to a healthy diet I got all my information from magazines but if you think about it, all these magazines have now become, they're either online as a magazine or they're done through an Instagram account. Yeah. Um, and Facebook, you know, you see videos, 15 second videos, TikTok. Someone told me the other week that they saw, um, I, th- I think it was literally just one of the 15 second ones of someone committing suicide. And I Shut honestly, up. yeah, I honestly was like, in a weird way, I was like, I want to see that because I don't believe you. And they were like, wow. nah, like, you don't want to see that and apparently it took like 24 hours or something for TikTok to take it down and I literally that just wouldn't have been a thing 10 years ago Mm-mm. because TikTok first of all it wasn't an app 10 years ago and second of all it wasn't like the norm but things yeah. like that are the norm now mm. I remember sharing a post on on my Instagram account about like I did one about suicide and then I did another one about self-harm like probably a year or so ago now and I in my head I was like can I post this but then I was like and the other side of my head was like Sarah everyone posts anything nowadays do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like Mm -hmm. anything from like nude photos on Instagram to 
bizarre I don't I don't yeah. know but yeah. do you know what I'm saying? everything is always on there and there's no barriers nothing's PG mm. anymore that's mm. for sure so true it's so interesting I was having this conversation with my friend about so obviously you know how generations are so different and like our parents mm-hmm. generation have very different views or a lot of the time generically to how we feel and I yeah. was speaking to my friend and I was like what is going to happen when we're in like our 60s and 70s and like there's a new generation growing up and they're going to have views which we don't understand and I said I think one of them is going to be that they're just not going to take pictures of anything they're just going to be like stop living through your phone I think it's going to go I think it's going to retreat and I really hope it does I think they're going to look at us and be like you guys are all fucking morons why are you just like (laughs) taking pictures of your food and like putting shit on a platform which nobody actually cares about I I actually think that that's what's going to happen I love that and also I love the way that you just phrased that (laughs) like I take pictures of my food all the time I know and then what do we do with them we just keep them there like what? <laughs> I go on my camera all and I delete them all and I'm like, why have I just like why have I just taken that and posted it on social media and also all my friends like not all of them but a lot of them like whatsapp I hate messaging on social media well, whatsapp is social media but you know not like facebook or instagram mm. and my friends will be like Sarah why are you on instagram 24 7 but you won't reply to my whatsapp for like three weeks I'm like it's just two <laughs> different worlds you know because I have to put mental energy into replying to someone's message yeah but instagram is so media mm-hmm. like two seconds put a picture up three seconds do a post and yeah everyone can see that I put a picture up before I was like getting changed and I just snapped a picture of like the floor and accidentally posted it to Instagram and I was like oh my god <laughs> it must have been not... the other way around <laughs> <laughs> I know like this is not safe <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I saw um you recently deleted all your dating apps I wanted to ask you how you think that they affect your um health really good question again because I actually I'd gonna be honest on her 23 years old never had a boyfriend only ever been on three dates with the same guy and that was in Australia so at the age of 23 um like very innocent in that respect but like I'm very much you do you you know I've got friends who we're all different and I'm not judging um but I've used the I've had these apps for probably like five years and I've always just thought of them as like a bit of a game you know I'm like it's just funny it's just light-hearted entertainment sometimes I reply to guys sometimes I don't Um, But I never think anything serious. And then I met this one guy and I was like, oh, okay, you know, this could go somewhere. And it gave me so much confidence. Like, I was so nervous to go on a date with him. But then after two dates, I was like, oh, my gosh, I am this. I literally was like, I'm a queen. Like, he's (laughs) worshipping me. I'm going to start worshipping myself. And then it didn't end well. Um, Nothing bad. Like, we just, it wasn't going to work out. Mm. But I still, like, my confidence didn't really, what's the word? Like, I didn't fall. I still felt great. But I just, I just don't, I don't, for me, I don't like that side of dating, but it is the norm now because again, mm. social media, it's taken over our lives. It's so convenient to just message someone and be messaging. Like I know people who've literally been messaging people for like six months before they've met and then they've met and been like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, how can you talk to someone for six months and not even have ever met them? Yeah. Like what if yeah. you hate them when you meet them? <laughs> but again, I'm like, you do you, good for you. But I just think it might be good for some people's mental health because, you know, they kind of have a comfort in talking to someone and it's Mm. so easy to talk to them. But for me, I I mean, I won't lie. I think I do joke about it to my friends and my family a lot, especially my sisters, because they've had like two long term relationships and like their boyfriends have just been I've never met guys as great as them. And I'm like, you're so lucky. And all the my experiences with boys like 
at university and things, I've just been so negative. And I'm always like, is this me? I like, I genuinely am like, what, what's wrong with me? Like, what, why do I attract the bad ones? Mm. But then I speak to some of my other friends and they're like, Sarah, it's not just you. Like I've been through the same kind of thing. I'm like, you know what? It's a 21st century dating game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything has to be like, uh, what's like what are boys like playstation you know what i mean everything sure has to be everything has immediate to, gratification yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and i just think everyone's aspiring their lives to be like what they see on instagram like they see influencers and they're like oh relationship goals i'm like mm. oh my god and like a celebrity is not a goal mm. i can't fathom people who like aspire to be a celebrity and that brings us to like, you know, editing on Instagram and things. Mm. I just, don't get me wrong. I use filters all the time, but I have never in my life used like Facetune. I don't even know what that is. Or like mm. the app where you can literally distort your body. Yeah, that nice. baffles me because that is like number one for bad mental health. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. Have you, um, have you ever listened to Elizabeth Day, How to Fail podcast? No, I haven't ever even heard that actually. She, oh my God, it's amazing. You should definitely have a listen. Um, but she interviewed this guy called Mo Gaudat on there who basically talks about how we are in control of our own happiness. And it's a concept which over the last sort of few months I've been really trying to sort of pin down. And once you realise that like you're in control of it, it's sort of quite liberating. Um, yeah, because massively so. I mean, definitely give the episode a listen, but in a nutshell, he says that the brain is a biological function and we have the capability to tell it how we feel. Yeah, I really like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to listen to that. Um, yeah. Cause like, yeah, that's like you say, you've been working on that for the past few months. That's something that I think clicks with me. I don't really know when, um, but that's definitely, like, it is liberating because then you think someone once said to me there's a fine line between cockiness and confidence and he was like you've hit the nail on the head because you come across cocky but you're actually just confident and don't get me wrong like I will hands up say I come across cocky at times like very cocky but I think and I'd never be like oh but I've been through like 10 years of shit mental health so it's Mm. okay for me to be cocky because that is not my forte like I do not want to be cocky I don't want to sound like privilege mm. but I just think when you've been through anyone can be like anyone can be confident don't get me wrong like love confidence but I do think when you've been through the tough times it, the typical phrase what doesn't kill you makes you stronger mm. mm-hmm. and those kind of tough times do build you up to be confident mm. um and yeah I think like you say when you realize that you own just like you own your physical recovery for example like you kind of can dictate how hard you work say in rehab if you've broken your leg you then go to rehab and you have physio you put the effort in to make yourself get better you can do that with your mental health as well like mm-hmm. you can strengthen your thoughts and you can strengthen your mind because it's a muscle mm-hmm. yeah which that- is mad if you think about it because mm-hmm. i i'd never considered that to be in my control before yeah I guess and that's, I think that comes back as well to what you were saying about the kind of blaming aspect of mm. like the difference between like mental and physical health it's again it's not necessarily like you don't have to blame having these illnesses on on anything like on yourself or an outer thing but you can still like whether you feel sorry for yourself or not like you you're still in control of it and yeah. you will be no matter what happens to you like death for example no one can control 
natural death and that is a horrible thing like grief Mm -hmm. is horrendous um I lost my granny at the start of the year coming out here and I was like all I want to do is go home and give my granny a hug and I'm Mm -hmm. like I'm never going to be able to do that but then I was like you know what I'm in control of this I I can grieve but I can be I can still be happy I can still go out and enjoy my time in Australia at the same time as grieving and that's okay like they're two different Mm -hmm. things and do you know what I mean like knowing that they're different there's different parts of your brain and there's different ways that it processes things yeah is like liberating just like you say yeah before we um round things up I just wanted to ask you this is also a big question um <laughs> looking back at you know 2010 Sarah and the the huge journey that you've been on God, yeah, I don't even remember her. what would you what would you say to her now I don't really know I honestly like I honestly don't know I wouldn't change people ask me this I wouldn't change anything I haven't like I have been close I've been at breaking point like I haven't been close I have been at breaking point like I have like I said talked about suicide self-harm done it all like I've been through everything like a lot of things um and I genuinely wouldn't change it because it's made me so mentally and physically aware of like every aspect of my body Mm. um what I'd say to her I'd honestly I'd probably just say like you'll it's so cliche but like you will get through it Mm. and the only again it comes back to being in control of your mental control of your mental health the only reason you wouldn't get through something is if you literally give up and if you don't give up like it literally if you wake up every single day don't do anything with your day like maybe have a piece of bread to eat go to the toilet have a drink of water even if you don't do any of those things like if you just wake up every single day there will be some day where something will change Mm. and you will start to do more. Just Mm. never, I just always say to people who come to me for help, it's just like never put pressure on yourself to do more than like three things in a day. And those Mm. three things don't, they can be make a bed, they can be walk to the toilet or walk to the kitchen Mm. and say hi to someone. Like just really simple things because the world is not going to end unless you make that decision. And that's a really dark thing to end on, but that is probably yeah. what I'd go out with. It's so, it's so. I was going to say brilliant to have you on. It is because I think you're so honest and you're so frank about this discussion, and that's why people love your podcast. Go and everyone. Um, Sarah has a podcast called Becoming a Butterfly, <laughs> and she's very, very honest um, about things that a lot of people, you know, don't don't want to talk about. You know, everyone will post a all the celebrities will post a selfie about. Um, taking care of your mental health but when it actually comes down to the nitty-gritty talking about what it's actually like like that takes guts so thank you thank you thank you very much and um I hope to see you soon and have a wonderful um wonderful time in your sunny (laughs) fucking country with your beaches so sorry I'm working the next three days if that makes anyone feel any better no it doesn't not even a little bit (laughs) thanks Sarah thank you so much loved it that's it for our bonus episodes but next week season three will be dropping and I am so excited for you guys to hear our first guest I won't give too much away but he is a world champion and will be on our screens this summer at the 2021 Olympics so hit subscribe if you want to be the first to hear our chat all about his journey to where he is now that's it from me but I will see you all back here on Wednesday next week